and living with the what if is the worst. Like if you just live with the what if for years and years and years. I mean, I talk to people all the time. Oh, I don't like my job. What if I try a different industry? What if it doesn't work though? It's like, well, what if it does work? Just do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Inspired. I'm your host, Jonathan Cohen, and that was Brendan Kaminsky of Be Known Agency, a branding and social media agency within the world of sports and entertainment. Brendan worked at ESPN for seven years. His career at ESPN started as a social media coordinator and eventually led him up the ranks to senior manager responsible for talent and social strategy. Brendan has worked with some of the most successful personalities in sports television. Adrian Wojnarowski, who covers the NBA breaking news, Stephen A. Smith, and Adam Schefter. As much as I would have loved to hear war stories from Brendan, and I have on occasion, the reality is Brendan's experience at ESPN set him up to carve his own path, and that's what we focused on, his blueprint. In this episode, we talked about Brendan's courage to go out on his own, build his business, and bet on himself. Brendan is a professional, capable, and thriving entrepreneur with robust experience in a very tough industry. This conversation addressed the value of building your network, reputation, and delivering on your word. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Please join me in welcoming my friend, Brendan Kaminsky of Be Known Agency, and stay tuned for after the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Inspired. We are here with my friend, the famous Brendan Kaminsky. How are you, sir? I'm great. I'm not, I'm not the famous, but thank you very much. Happy to be here with you, Jonathan. Brendan and I met in Miami, and we really hit it off. Brendan started his own agency, Be Known Agency, and what started out as a career at ESPN slowly evolved into his own entrepreneurial venture. We're going to get into all the details of how he got there and where he's headed, but I wanted to bring Brendan on the show because this man's work ethic is just so admirable. This guy knows what to look for, where to be, when to be there and how to approach the market when it comes to social media, when it comes to just identifying talent. This man has an awesome background and I'm excited to introduce him to my audience. So welcome to the show, man. Such such a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Really a warm intro. You know, we're both super impressive and you got a lot going on too. And, you know, just happy to be here talking to you and congrats on this podcast and uh, just happy to join it. Thanks, man. So let's start at the top. Where'd you go to school? How'd you break into the landscape? Let's introduce you to the audience. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up outside of Philadelphia. I went to uh, UNC for undergrad, you know, really enjoyed being there. Got four years out of, in my opinion, the best you know, there's a lot of good college towns out there, but for me, the mix of college town and sports, my freshman year, we won the national championship in basketball. Just got a really good experience, met a ton of friends who I keep in touch with to this day. And yeah, I mean, UNC, I think gave me some great life experience, especially outside of the classroom. I think when it comes, when you're thinking about like, how does, how did like college draw a correlation to what I'm doing now or my professional career, 
it really like when someone's like, what was your major? I like, sometimes I like, and you know, get funny. I'm like, who cares? Like, you know, it depends. No, like it does depend. Like, you know, if you're pre-med, if, if you, even if you're pre-med, you know, there's probably ways to, or if you're going to be to become a doctor, you know, I'm sure you didn't have to be pre-med. You could have like figured it out like midway through college or, or maybe even afterwards, you know, there's certain professions where it matters. I think for what I'm doing now, when it comes to like branding and social media and, you know, sports and entertainment, there wasn't really a blueprint for it in college. And I know any, anyone listening right now probably is like, oh, what do you mean you sports entertainment? What are you doing? And I'm sure we'll get into that. But I think for me, the most experience that I was able to get to drive me to, you know, where I'm at today, which is doing an agency and sports and all that stuff is being able to hustle outside the classroom and, and really to be able to get experience with companies and, you know, learn stuff that, you know, look, I was in the, in the classroom present day. I'm sure some of the things that I'm working on now, you can be taught. You know, I mean, I think that a lot you can't be, but, you know, when I was in school, like I graduated May of 2012, you know, there wasn't like courses on this stuff. There wasn't courses on social media and, you know, how to build your brand and those things. So I think for me to sort of experience it and to, to feel it with, like I did some stuff for CBS sports and EA sports and a startup clothing company. That's what really helped drive me and inspire me to do stuff and carve my own path professionally. So I know there's a big gap and, you know, there's more questions, but definitely whatever is most interesting, you know, for you and people who listen to this, like you let me know. When it comes to figuring out what it, means to establish a career in sports what exactly drew you to that line of work was it something that you knew from the get-go being in that type of sports culture at unc where it's very driven towards that industry do you find that it was part of why you wanted to even go to unc in the first place to potentially parlay it into a career in sports yeah look i think i think there's no coincidence that like you know, oh, I'm working in sports. Like there's definitely, there's, there's people that when I started working at ESPN for about six and a half years before what I'm doing now, people are like, especially when I first read, oh, I knew you'd work at ESPN. You know, I knew like that makes like growing up, you know, we always used to go to the Sixers games and the Eagles and my dad diehard fan would take us around to games and was very fortunate to get a lot of great experiences and exposure to sports up close and personal. So was a big fan, did not know what I was going to really didn't know what I was going to do. I, I didn't know how, like getting to ESPN. I was one of these people that wanted to follow my passion, follow what I really would enjoy doing. You know, I had an internship at Bloomberg going into my senior year of college, look, prestigious organization, great pay, great on the resume, all those things, checks a lot of boxes. Got to a point where I'm just like, I don't care if I'm going to do something like, not that I don't care. I respect all that and appreciate the fact that I was able to be in that organization. Great experience, but I, I, it didn't really get me going. So I think for me, like I wanted to truly enjoy the work I was doing and it takes time to know what that is. And I figured, you know, you can't chase the money. Like, money will come and certainly money is a big part of life and you got to figure out like everyone needs it to survive. And the more you get, the more you can do, the more freedom it gives you. But I just figured that like, that's not going to drive me. What's going to drive me is like waking up and being excited. And like, you know, I was like in New York a few nights ago, just for a few meetings. And I'm like laying in bed to like 4am 
maybe because also the walls are really thin in New York and people are coming <laughs> back from the bars. And I'm like, damn, like I'm in Miami now. I got a, my own place. I don't have to worry about that. And I was like, that took me back to New York. But no, I think <laughs> part of it was like, damn, I got all these things tomorrow I need to do. And I'm like excited to do them. And I'm someone who likes to sleep. Like, I'm not like one of these people, like maybe like you, where it's like, oh, I get like four <laughs> hours of sleep. And, uh, you know, I get four hours of sleep and that's it. And then I'm just right up. I do enjoy my sleep, but I'm laying in bed being like, oh, shoot, I got like four or five things I need to do tomorrow. And I can't wait to do them. That's what drives me, you know. And so I think with sports, tying it back to the question, you know, I like doing some things in college. The more I did some stuff with social and digital, the more I'm like, how do I do more of this? And you know, that's what I encourage others to do. And the thing is, I think the perfect job doesn't really exist until like you, until like a lot of reps. And then you realize like, wow, this is what I want to be doing. So I think for a lot of people, especially younger people, there's so many decisions and so many, you know, so many opportunities nowadays, right? Especially independent opportunities, you know, TikTokers just, you know, like are normal people that just, you know, are very creative and became famous by, you know, I mean, first it's dancing, but now it's just a lot of creative utilities that people are providing on TikTok. But I think the point is a lot of options. And so a lot of people like are afraid to take a job. because they're like, I don't really want to do that. But the perfect job doesn't exist, right? Like you need to do stuff. Like I needed the experience of working at Bloomberg to know that like, oh, you know what? That's not really for me. And if I didn't have that job, I could have a lot of people being like, oh, Bloomberg's great, great benefits great. You know, I was doing marketing there. Like you're working with some of the, you know, you get exposure to some of, you know, the most successful journalists and traders and brokers in the world. You know, I've been like, Oh, it sounds great. Like my dad was in that space and maybe I would want to do that. But if I didn't have that experience to know, Oh, you know, I don't really want to do that. I wouldn't have known. And so now I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do that again. So now I can pivot to doing the things that I enjoy. So I think for me, it was just always coming down to what do you enjoy doing? And how do you do more of that? And how do you leverage your relationships? And I was fortunate that like I've, you know, knew a guy that knew a guy that worked at ESPN and just kept pitching him stuff and ended up working in sports. But there's a lot of things outside of sports I enjoy doing. Like I enjoy, like I threw a concert with a friend senior year of college that had nothing to do with sports. And I was like, damn, maybe I want to like do concert stuff. Like maybe I want to throw events. And like, I still want to, like still might, you know, whereas others might be like, oh, I knew you'd be in sports. There's a lot of things I enjoy, you know, music, entertainment, but I think, I think what's certain is like the entertainment industry attracted me and I just kept following that. It's interesting how you kind of broke it down for yourself, right? Cause a lot of, a lot of it is when we're all trying to figure out what we want out of life, oh, do what you love, do what you love. But you kind of like went through this experience. It sounds like where you figured out you didn't want in order to help you figure out what you do. People really underrate that. And despite being in the prestigious position at a really advantageous stage of your career, where maybe as a, it was an internship at Bloomberg? Yeah, it was an internship. And then it was ended up being shortly after college, a little bit of a contractor role. Yep. And so from there, you're still not kind of dead set. But you slowly find a way to migrate into the social media landscape. Did you find that you understood at an early stage of your career? You're like, wow, I get this, this algorithm, this social currency. It's really easy for me to understand. Or is that also kind of something that you found during your time at ESPN, you were able to 
slowly garner more of a interest in and therefore knowledge base? The work that I was doing in college, the very first thing that opened my eyes to this was I was an EA Sports Campus representative with a friend of mine, Tyler, and we ended up doing this social media campaign. And long story short, the winner of the campaign won a free Snoop Dogg concert. We won the nationwide concert. Snoop Dogg came to UNC because of us, because of the campaign. And it was a free concert for everyone. And then we got to meet him. So when that happened, I was just like, what the hell just happened? Like, we <laughs> drove people to drive to face to go to this Facebook campaign for EA Sports. And then Snoop Dogg like appears in person. What? And we get to meet him. So I think that was the first was like, there's something here, you know, and this is 2011, 2010. I think it's 2011. I like this. Um, there's something working here. And so I think that was my first interest in social media and like digital marketing. So I just kept sort of following other opportunities, right? At CBS Sports, when I there was an like opportunity on campus or with this clothing company. So I, I always had an interest in that, right? Like, look, as far as the algorithm goes, like God knows there's only a few people on earth who really know what goes on in that algorithm yes. for all these platforms, right? But I was interested and I was just intellectually curious on how these work and was an early adopter of Twitter and just, you know, had some other friends that were interested in it. So definitely to answer the question about the ESPN thing, like it was definitely before, like I went to ESPN with an interest in social media. There's, there's a lot of people, a lot of colleagues I had that wanted to be in sports, wanted to be in production, maybe wanted to be on TV, maybe wanted to be a TV producer. For me, I wasn't interested in, in being a TV producer. I wasn't interested in the TV side. I was interested in social. So my whole career at ESPN was on the social side. So, and I'm not saying there's a right or wrong way, but I didn't, it wasn't at ESPN where I learned like, wow, this is dope. I certainly did. And it's funny because I, I'm not saying I didn't learn it was dope. And I didn't learn a lot more. I sit here today and, you know, coming out of college and maybe coming into ESPN, be like, wow, like I'm really on top of it. Like I know what's going on. Like, man, I had no idea. Like there's just so much to learn. And that's one of the hard parts about this, you know, working in social. And now I've evolved and we'll talk more about that maybe with branding and business management, but people think it's like, oh, what do you do? You, you tweet. Is that what you do? You're uh, you work on Twitter, right? It's like, yeah, I mean, that's a small part of small part of the, an important part of the job, but there's a lot of other platforms, a lot of other things that goes into it. But yeah, it, it was something that I was always interested in, was always sort of social first, digital first, and just kept following it. I think it's like following the passion and and by the way, I don't think that, you know, working at Bloomberg was like early on, I knew that it, it was a learn early on. You know, I'm sure there's there's still learns early on, even at ESPN, where I'm like, oh, this type of work in sports or in social media or branding, I don't like that part. You just you keep massaging to find your algorithm, right? Like what makes you tick? What makes you truly enjoy the work you're doing and feel inspired? And it's good to have different experiences. Like if someone wants to work in sports and they don't get a job at ESPN or the NBA or Fox Sports or wherever, Bleacher Report, guess what? You'll work somewhere else in sports and maybe you'll meet someone or maybe you'll learn like, dang, I actually thought I wanted to work in sports, but I don't like it. And I really enjoyed the work that 
my family was doing or a friend of mine is doing investment bank, like whatever it is, but you have to just put yourself out there to try. So there's a couple of things to parse out of it. And I want to see where these next couple of questions kind of take us. During your time at ESPN, I'm sure you get a lot of questions about who you got to meet, who you got to work with, but I'm more interested, less so in the personalities and more so key points that you found led to the inflection point in your career where you're like, I see they can do this. I know I can do this. How do you find that those moments, if you can recall any off the top of your head, put you in a position to now be on your own, doing your own thing at being known agency? I always had this vision, this vision of me being independent, me doing my own thing, and me going out there and representing myself. Before I was at ESPN, I was independently consulting. Harrison Barnes, who I went to, you know, we both went to UNC. I pitched him and finally he's probably like, all right, screw it. I'll give you a chance to do something for me. So, you know, and that ended up working and I was doing social media for him and he was great. So that led to me independently consulting. And then I did some work with ESPN. Let's get the audience quick background on who Harrison Barnes is. Yeah. So, right. There's a lot of people here that probably like, oh, I don't know anything about sports. So yeah, Harrison Barnes, you know, he was a top play, top prospect going into the NBA draft. He was like UNC's big star on campus on the basketball side, or really just any side because basketball players just run UNC. But um, yeah, he just ended up being, you know, a uh, top 10 pick. I think he ended up going number seven to the Golden State Warriors. I know, I obviously know the Warriors, but I think it was number seven. Stand-up guy, like still in the NBA, like still going to have a long career, really phenomenal player. And uh, yeah, was on all those Warriors championship teams for those that don't follow sports. But yeah, getting back to the original question. Yeah, I say I always had the vision, right? Like, what do you want to do? It's like, I think one of the first conversations I had with, you know, one of the managers at ESPN was like, yeah, like I want to do my own thing. Like I want to eventually go out there and do this in a bigger way. And it's funny looking back on it because I was like independently consulting for ESPN, like had no idea what I was doing. Like I, I knew maybe social and knew like, you know, more than the next person did. But as far as like doing a business and running business, like, no, I like now what I'm doing it. You know, obviously, I've you know, spent seven years at ESPN and um, am older and have less hair. Beautiful I, man. I, yes, not quite. My my hair is not flowing quite like yours, but um, <laughs> it's I'm I'm well positioned. So I think that the inflection point. I'll think if there was an exact inflection point, and maybe you know what it was, and I'll I'll get to that in a little bit. But throughout the whole, like this wasn't something that just came to me like four years in and was like, you know what I need to do? I need to start my own agency. And because of X, Y, Z, like it was always in my mind. It was always in my mind. And for me, ESPN was an incredible platform and the platform. And it was about soaking it all in and being at the worldwide leader, the biggest platform, the biggest brand in sports. And it was amazing. And I just got to a point where it's like, I'm there seven years. I had a variety of roles there, had exposure to the talent and the people and the producers and the shows and the events. And 
I just, the inflection point I think was like during COVID, there were more people to coming to me with opportunities and being like, I want you to do this. I had, I had a talent come to me and say, I wish you could run my whole business. I'm like, damn, like, why can't I, you know, like I can. And so probably so wild. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was wild. It was like, okay, cool. I guess this is working. And I just, it really got to the point John, where it was like, this is, it's time, you know, it's really time. And just segueing just cause now we're on that lane on like when I decided to take that leap. I think there's like your certain things in life where you just know something is wrong or you just feel like there needs to be a change or transition. And like, when I hear something like that from, from a client or rather person I knew, right. I was at ESPN was person I knew and someone that I had, you know, brought stuff to, and we would just collaborate every now and then when I hear stuff like that, when I'm laying in bed to like really late at night, it's just being like, I'm so frustrated in a good way kind of like I just I want more but like I feel paralyzed like because I'm not doing anything about it and I think COVID actually you know was a really good time to really for all of us think about what we truly enjoy doing and like want to do how we want to live our lives and it was just that inflection point where I'm laying in bed multiple nights in a row I want to do this like this is I've always wanted to I've thought about this for a while. What is it I'm waiting on? What is it? What else did I want to accomplish at ESPN? And look, I'm not saying I was there. You know, look, there's people that spend 10, 20 years there and it's an amazing career, unbelievable place. But for me, I just had, I wanted to be outside of just that world. And so I just got to a point where I'm like, this is the time to just do it and take the leap. And, you know, I think it's, it was just a really, gratifying experience but you know so i know i transitioned all the way to that moment there's more to speak on that but then pulling it back to you there was no like couple of inflection points during the tenure like i mean that was towards the end and that was an inflection point but during the middle it was more so it was always in my head it was always in my mind and it was just a matter of when and living with the what if is the word like if you just live with the what if for years and years and years? I mean, I talk to people all the time. Oh, I don't like my job. Like, what if I try a different industry? What if it doesn't work though? It's like, well, what if it does work? Just do it. So, when you finally kind of reached that threshold and you decided that you wanted to go out on your own, was it something that you felt you had to offer the world? I guess what I'm trying to say is without sounding too cliche is, you know, you want to bet on yourself, but you don't necessarily have the clientele, right? And you're in an industry where not just sports, but social media, that gets challenged a lot. The stigma surrounding it. Oh, it's not going to last. So how do you go about creating an entire company around something that people are constantly saying is not gonna last is this like you know you have this skill set but you're not i mean we both know you right you're not pigeonholed into it you could be versatile and go into anything but at the same time you have a company built around this 
landscape that's constantly shifting and evolving, right? The metaverse is coming and such. Are you like excited about what you have to offer, even though everyone's constantly being like eh, social media, whatever? I've never viewed it that way. Like social media isn't here to stay or social media is just, you know, a drop in the pan. Like, I think that that's not something that I think about. I think social is just over time becoming someone's marketing strategy. What you do online, the way you present yourself, the way you're getting deals, the way you're getting attention is like, how big is your Instagram? How's your content look? I mean, people are getting hired. People are going to get hired by ESPN over time because they have a huge TikTok following or because they built a really loyal audience and that'll just translate to content across the board. So I didn't really thought about that. As far as what you said in the very beginning of that question, like, did I want to bring, how did you frame it? Did I want to bring something to the universe? Or the way you said it, I definitely didn't world, think of it. Man. The yeah. world, yeah. So I definitely didn't, I, I did not think that deeply about it. I, I will not say that. I do think <laughs> deeply about things. It's inside things the inspired, man. <laughs> I know, I, and I love it. I know that's, you know, I, I love it. I wish that I was just laying in bed and be like, I need to bring this to the world, right? Um, I, I can't say I did. I think it was more like I had too many relationships that I felt like I wasn't acting on. And I'm not saying I act on all my relationships. I just felt like it could lead to opportunity. It could lead to new experiences. And I felt like I wanted that new path and new journey. So I am not worried. And, and I knew that I could do things outside of the norm of what I was doing at ESPN, right? So when I have a, a, a talent, when I have someone say, I want you to run my whole business, you know, that's that's not just social media, right? That's business management. That's bringing in work, a deal flow and figuring out how to monetize. And like, I wanted a new challenge. You know, this is, this really was the next progression. This was the next step. And so now I can open myself up to other opportunities. And so, and as, as I do it, as I'm a year in, you just realize that it can evolve, you know, like you don't have to be pigeonholed to one thing and social media is, is an incredible access point for anybody's brand, for anybody's representation. For, for you and I, we're doing this podcast. You're making this incredible decision to interview people across the, the, the world in your life, friends, no, you're not friends, people that, that you're aware of. And you're having intelligent conversations and you're, and then where do you put it out? You have to put it on social media and that's a way to help you brand yourself and you to meet people. For me, this will be a way for me to get it out and for me to introduce myself to new audiences. And I just felt like I could help others introduce themselves to new audiences in a bigger way that I was doing at ESPN and solely because, and, and look, ESPN is at the highest level, but you know, I just, because there can be more than media for me, it can be more than media. So I think it was less on, I'm going to bring this to the world and more like, I want to present myself with new opportunities and do a new challenge. And one of the things that's really interesting when I think about it, like I had a buddy reach out shortly after I announced this decision on social media, which by the way, led to the other thing. Well, I won't get there right now. I know my, sometimes my mind moves in a million directions, but I had a buddy 
say, oh, how did you do like, because he was thinking about like, I'm thinking about it. How'd you do the financial calculations? How'd you decide how long you could go if, you know, let's say you went six months without making a dollar. I was like, dude, I didn't. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) I had no financial plans. I had no models. I had a couple of people I figured I could get as clients. I believed in myself. I believed in the relationships and the experience I had. And I believe that once you open yourself up, it brings new opportunity, right? Because, you know, people look at you in a certain way. When you're at a company, there's Brendan. He's an ESPN guy. As opposed to when you leave, oh, oh, I need help on the branding side or I need someone on the social. Maybe I'll reach out to Brendan. Maybe he has time. Like, I think once you open yourself up in a different lens, at least opportunities you didn't know could exist. So I told my friend, dude, I didn't. And I'm not saying that's the right way. But I, I just, it was time. That kind of leads into the next question. Something that's really been at the center of my focus is this concept of leverage. So before we get into deal flow and business strategy, you've worked with some really awesome clients. And I know that in all the interviews you do, that's a big point of, of discussion. But really... I was never so enamored with the people that you worked with and more of the humility that came along with it and your ability to manage those types of personalities and your own cadence in those conversations. Now that you've gone from being in a position where, and you kind of touched on it previously, but I'm going to ask it this way. Now that you've gone from being in a position where you had all this leverage being at ESPN, all this brand awareness. And then you go out on your own and now maybe the leverage has shifted. How do you go about capitalizing on your skill set in order to let the audience, the consumer, the client know what you have to bring to the table when they may not necessarily know who you are? Yeah, I like that question because I think it's spot on. When you're at the four letters of ESPN, you flex those. You, when, you're at, when you're at these big organizations that are dominant players in, in your industry, you have a lot of leverage, you have a lot of currency. Everyone wants to work with you, right? And when you leave, you lose those four letters. Now you're always part of that group, that fraternity per se, because you were there, right? Even if you were there, you know, one year, you, you were there, you, you met people, you have that under your belt. Now is our seven years. So met a lot of people and can point to a lot of experience. I think for me, man, it, it just comes down to belief in what you've been able to build, the relationships you've been able to develop and know that a lot of these relationships, a lot of these people come to you, not because you worked at ESPN, not because they're going to use you for something. And maybe some of it is right when you're at ESPN, just as an example, and by the way, I know ESPN is not the center of the world. Like there's many, many companies that this is relevant to, but just for, for this example, for ESPN, like people might want to get something out of you, right? They might want to get their client on a show or they might want to use you to try to get tickets to a game, which by the way, that's one code I was never able to crack. I don't know how to get tickets, to, you know, just cause I worked at ESPN, <laughs> but yeah. But, but what I was saying is 
they're not coming to me because of that. They're coming to me because we've built a relationship, just like you and I have built this relationship, built a friendship. Doesn't matter where you go. Doesn't matter who you work for, where you are. People trust you and people believe that if I go to Jonathan, if I go to Brendan, he's going to deliver. And I wanted, I wanted to pride, like I've always uh, prided myself on delivering. So when you're working with talent, right, which is what I was doing a lot at ESPN towards the end of my stint there, you have to have confidence. You have to be available. You have to be reliable. So when people reached out, I wanted to be there for them. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to show them I knew what I was talking about. And my journey was, was always doing social media, right. Was always having that be part of my story. And I had faith that if I left and I didn't have those four letters, I could still intersect with those four letters in some way I felt. And I had relationships outside of that where I felt that I, that they could, they could come to me and, and do things. So I think it's a really strong question because you lose leverage. There's no doubt when you're there, you can flex those muscles, flex those ESPN muscles. And now I run an agency called Be Known that nobody in the world has heard of, right? Some people, you know, hopefully some people, but a lot more um, people today, <laughs> a lot more people today. Thanks to you, but it's different, but um, there's so much opportunity in the world and it was time to act on it. And it was, it's really a belief in, in yourself. And that's really the fundamental question on, do you want to, you know, there's, there's two different paths, right? There's the path of building a career to corporation, which is an incredible way to build a career, especially to a company like Disney. I was really fortunate. I'm, I'm really blessed to, to be there that long and to be part of that family forever. Best thing to happen in my career. And then there's the other path that's figuring it out, figuring out my own benefits and, you know, but then having more freedom to, oh, I want to go on this podcast with Jonathan. I want to go to this business meeting tomorrow at two o'clock because it could lead to something new. I have that flexibility and everyone's different for me, the way I you know, like to live that just made more sense. This beautifully blends into the next question. I thought the last one was good. Wait for this one. What is Be Known Agency? We are a branding and social media agency. We do. I've scaled out a lot of what I was doing at ESPN. Social media management strategy advisory. Okay. We can run social for clients. We're helping them produce content, helping them with strategy. You know, more and more it's becoming strategy-based because it's more scalable. So there's only so many accounts we're going to run. But it's, yeah, it's social component. And then it's becoming more of the overall branding, overall business management. So for some clients, it's becoming, how do you take advantage of yourself, your identity? How do you leverage brands? How are you monetizing? So that's where the branding, that's where the business management comes into play. So just examples of clients could be a media personality, could be an athlete, could be a college athlete now, which has been an exciting six months or seven or however long it's been since July 1st, you know, and it could be an influencer, it could be a brand, you know, helping to do a lot of what I do stems around sports and talent and entertainment, mostly sports and talent, but, you know, brand could be a client where we're coming in and saying, Oh, you're trying to reach this demo. 
we're going to connect you to these talent. We're going to bring the, we're going to bridge the gap because I have access to these talents. So the, the fun thing is Jonathan, it's expanding, right? Like a year ago today, there wasn't really an NFT strategy for be known. And I'm not saying there is a playbook, but that is becoming a business opportunity. There are folks that are like, Hey, if your client's interested in being involved, you'll get X, Y, and Z. So it's evolving. I think the biggest thing for be known is staying on the forefront of how this digital ecosystem evolves, whether that's the metaverse, whether that's crypto, NFT, um, whether that's changes Instagram makes, how does that affect your business? So, you know, it is not solely on social media. Social media is going to continue to expand. It's continuing to be a core component of what we're doing, but some of it could be, Hey, you're X talent and you want to take advantage of your following. We're going to introduce you to the right content partners. We're going to introduce you to brands that we want to want to leverage your Instagram, your TikTok, et cetera. As you navigate this space, you were talking about reliability and deliverables. We also talked about deal flow. What is deal flow? Yeah, deal flow. What deal flow means is, hey, this AR company wants to find talent who have X amount of followers on Instagram or TikTok. And they come to me and say, hey, who do you got? X, I guess, hey, I got A, B, and C. They come in, they say, hey, we're going to pay... We want to pay 30 grand. I'm just making up a number or a hundred dollars for this talent. Hopefully it's more than a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars though for this talent to do something. And I'm bringing, and I'm presenting that to X talent, X talent. Oh, I want to do that. That's presenting deal flow, right? That's, that's doing deals more, right. And leveraging brands to activate talent. So that becomes marketing that becomes business management. Now, for some talent, for some clients, it could be, hey, we're running your Instagram. We're telling you what to do on Twitter, TikTok. For others, it could be like, great, I've got this Instagram audience of 400,000 people. These are the types of brands I'm trying to reach. What relationships do you have? Well, who do you know? And it's like, oh, okay, here's one. And you just sort of present them with monetary opportunities. So when you're looking to identify those opportunities, what are some of the factors that you consider or elements that you look for? Well, so when it comes to a talent or a client, one thing that's really important, how engaged are they, right? If you're Jonathan Cohen and you're like, hey, man, you know, I hear you guys know what you're doing. I don't care about social. Here's my Instagram page. Just run with it. And I don't hear from you. I don't get an idea of what you like, what you don't like. You're unresponsive. Doesn't make any sense. It has to be a two-way street. So the two-way component is very important. I also don't want to be in the business of convincing someone why it's worth spending time on X, Y, and Z. Now, that's not for everything, right? Like some of my job is letting people know, hey, this is happening in the, in the world right now. You should be spending more time on it. And here's why, like, that's always part of it. But if it's an uphill battle to explain someone the value of social, the value of marketing themselves, the value of making a video on Instagram or whatever it might be, it's just not worth the time because there's so many people that do understand it and are willing to learn, right? There are some people like, I don't know anything. I want you to teach me. Like, that's great. But the two-way street's really important. 
And then as far as, you know, as it relates to a brand or marketing someone or deal flow, like we just talked about, which is, I mean, the same thing, it needs to fit. If it's a 19 year old kid, probably doesn't make sense to bring a whiskey brand to them. Probably doesn't make sense to bring Grey Goose to them. You need to, it needs to fit with, you need to understand what are their followers like? What is on brand? What's going to make them look good? What's going to perhaps elevate them into a new community, a new audience? So those are all contributing factors. And then what can lead to more? Sometimes you do one-off things and it's like, great. And it might be, you know, I get a good chunk of cash, but like long-term relationships, long-term deals. If you have a sponsor for your podcast and they come in and say, oh, we want to sponsor this one episode. And that's all they do. Like it's not as valuable as if they sponsor the whole series, you know, like you want someone who's going to believe in you and be a good partner. And so that's the area that we're getting more into that I'm getting more into over time. That wasn't as much when I first began. A lot of what I do stems around the world of tech and social and digital. And really like, like I said, tech platforms are just taking over and just the metaverse and web three, and it's becoming a large part of your marketing strategy. You touched on youthful talent. Now we're living in an age where these student athletes are now getting compensated for their NIL. I'm going to let you speak to what NIL is. I texted you right away once that legislation was going through. And I was like, I'm hyped for you, man. This is going to be so good. This is like a real unique opportunity for student athletes to take advantage of. But at the same time, there's also a lot of potential negative consequences associated with that. How do you find yourself learning this landscape as it slowly evolves? Because there's a lot of things that could go right and also a lot of things that could go wrong, right? And you got to learn how to walk the line of this is going to benefit our business long term. This may not necessarily be worth it. But I feel like in particular, in your line of work, that there's a real unique opportunity to offer the student athlete something that they may not otherwise get from other agencies, mm-hmm. right? Is that yep. Something, um, yep. So NIL, name, image, and likeness, uh, July 1st of last year, you know, it finally passed where students, if you're a UCLA basketball player, or a gymnast at LSU or a women's, you know, basketball player at Stanford, like anyone can make money off of their name, image, and likeness, just like professional athletes can. So yeah, it it was something in the works for a while. And for me, timing was really strong for when I launched Bino and when I left ESPN to pursue independent ventures. And it's become a major opportunity and it comes up almost every day right? Every day there's someone, what are you doing with NIL? Like, you know, when it first launched world, and I'm one of, you know, millions, but like everyone's, I get 20 texts, you know, like, or, or over time, not in one day, but like emails and texts. Oh, what do you, how are you getting involved? Like, maybe we should collaborate. There's just a lot. And I think that, you know, there's two ways to look at it. It's there's, there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of positive. I was able to do some NIL deals for some players last year. Still, I'm continuing in real time. There's like two in the works right now for some kids. It leads to just, you know, building relationships with kids early on and then they can become clients, right? 
it's really nice just on the positive side it's really nice to see kids just getting paid you know like a lot of these they don't have money like they're we were all college kids like we know what it was like to not have what we have now and i mean if you're an athlete like maybe you're on the verge of stardom maybe you're just you know not but now you can get a lot of free meals or just get checks that help you so i think it's there's so many positives on the negative side at least for me and then for an athlete so on my end you just have to figure out what's scalable right so there's a lot of noise there's a lot of people what do I do? A lot of people trying to get help and it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot to, to hustle for kids and to hustle for athletes. And if you're a big agency and you have a team of 25 people, you can take on like 10 kids and just plug them in and work with, you know, I got a team of about five and we pick our spots and more boutique at the moment. So it's not like any, and, and look, I want to help everyone I can, but it's not, you have to really decide from a time allocation standpoint, what makes sense. You can get really sucked into something and then realize, wait a second, I'm barely getting any, I mean, look, as if just thinking strictly as a business owner that's, and, and not the morality of it. It's like, wait a second, I'm only making $200 from this that took like a month to do a deal. And I'm not saying that that happened, but that's just an example of what can happen and what, um, you know, sometimes you get you know, deep down the rabbit hole of doing a deal. And you're like, well, actually it took a lot of time. And like, this took away from my clients and building an agency for students. Like, I think it's just knowing like how to really, like, once you're making this money, are you accounting for the taxes? Like, are you making sure to financial plan, you know, all this stuff. And it's a good problem to have that you didn't have before. But, you know, if you're getting like a few $5,000 checks or $2,000 checks, just know that don't just like put that 2000 into your account and just be like, I have all that 2K, right? Like you have to get taxed, you got to do your accounting and stuff. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't have that part figured out. It's a net positive. It's really exciting. I'm really excited to be part of it. I think for me, the work that I'm doing is really tied in, I think, with what these kids need, which is like a lot of these guys are getting deals. Guys and girls are getting deals based on what's their Instagram presence. How good's their video content? Are they doing the right things that attract brands? If they're not getting like a state farm commercial, you know, they're not getting like a big deal unless you're in that top, top percent, but it's not as much about those things as much as about, okay, cool. Like let's do a partnership and make content and market ourselves online because that's the way we're going to get our word out there. So it's been really exciting. You know, I'm still in NIL conversations all the time and it's not ending anytime soon. I think another underrated aspect of your skill set is your ability to mentor. In all of our conversations that we've ever had, I've learned something, either what to do or what not to do. And for someone who wants to work in sports, someone who wants to be in entertainment, someone looking to manage on behalf or advocate on behalf of someone else, break into the landscape. What are some points for that novice that you think could benefit them that maybe you wish you knew when you were starting out? Number one, and I said this earlier, the perfect job doesn't exist. And if it does, it takes a long time to figure that out, right? Dive into something. 
and see what you like and see what you don't like. I think people can get very hung up on waiting for that perfect moment to be like, I want to work here and I, I only want to work here. Get a job that maybe isn't as glamorous that you didn't think you'd like. See where that takes you. It's number one. Number two, and I've said this before, but it's not about like, you know, and I've said this before on a podcast and I, I said it to people like, people like, oh, it's not what you know. It's, it's who you know. And I'm like, it's not who you know. It's who knows you, right? Like who really, who really knows Jonathan? Who, who like, cause, cause nowadays, especially so many relationships are so surface level. Like, oh, I, we follow each other on Instagram. We like each other's stories. We talk here and there. We've met once, but like, do they know your work ethic? Do they know that you're making a badass podcast and are hustling in, in a lot of different ways? And so with ESPN, I think I had a relationship. And I think one thing I did was I just kept sending emails like, hey, like, hey, I saw Richard Sherman's doing this YouTube series. Have you guys thought about doing that? Is that something you do? Or, hey, I really like this type of post you did on your Instagram. Like, I think just like, making sure people know that I was intellectually curious. So I think making sure people know you and if you really want a job, if you want to work for somebody or learn about something, making sure that they know, they really know that like you're someone that can stand out to them. Right. Like they don't just like, cause so many, so many times, especially in this industry, you're like, Oh, I know this is my buddy. I know this person, like that person, like, are they really, you know, do they really know you that well? Cause I certainly have relationships with people where it's very surface level, where it's like, oh yeah, we've met. But like, if someone asked that person, let's say that person's name is Joanna, random person. Joanna and I run into each other at events and Joanna's in a powerful position at X company and I want to work for Joanna. But if I've never truly had a conversation with her, if I've never really told her what I like doing and the work I've done in a meaningful way, like if someone goes, John, hey, is Brendan a good worker? Like she's my, oh, uh, I don't it's just really about unpacking the relationship. And so I think that's the biggest thing. And then number three is to really be open to like open to the people around you and learning, learning. Like one of the biggest things for me at ESPN is like the people you learn from around you. That's the best part. You learn so much and that, that goes across the board, but especially in an organization like that, very competitive, People go to people move to Bristol, Connecticut, not to live in Bristol, Connecticut. They move <laughs> there to work at the worldwide leader because they're very passionate and to learn different skill sets, to understand that, hey, you might not be interested in being a video producer, but like, guess what? Having that skill set might be valuable to you and you might not care about it. But like, if you're trying to work in the content space and work in sports, learn how to cut video, like just have that have it in your pocket. Like you never know when you might need a certain skill set and why, when you might need to be exposed to it. So those are a few things that, that come to mind, but I think it's, it's all about the relationship and also like really using that relation, not using, using sounds like a bad word, but just like making sure you're maximizing the potential of a relationship or a friendship you might have. Throughout the conversation, there's been this consistent theme of optimizing your situation, making the best of where you're at, whether you're at Bloomberg or ESPN. We haven't even mentioned the people that you've really worked with on this podcast. And honestly, to me, the substance of what you've had to offer today speaks to the fact that we don't even need to because 
man, objectively, this information can help someone catapult their career. The main reason I don't want to really touch on those personalities is because I think a big part of what I respect about you is your ability to make it on your own. And I want to give you that platform to be able to show the world what I think maybe you didn't necessarily dream about it at night or what I need to bring to the world. But in my view, from all the conversations that we've had, what you are bringing to the world. So on that note, what's next for you, man? Yeah. Well, first of all, really appreciate those words. You know, you also inspire me with the variety of things that, that I've you know, learned about you and the things that you do. And we can right? any of like, if there is like, you're like, Oh, you work with this person, like tell the audience, like whatever, like can talk about whatever to also don't need to, as far as what's next for me, what's next for me is scaling out, be known, bringing on more people, that share my vision. God knows I could use some more help on uh, like <laughs> operational things, for instance, which is not my strong suit, organizational things. So I think continuing to scale this out, continuing to follow more of a business management, a more deal flow, more to help on a macro level, you know, with, with folks, with talent, and really to just continue enjoying most importantly the work I'm doing and to continue to you know once I learn you know what this client really isn't this isn't working like just having the power to say eh to stiff arm like you know it doesn't make sense because of x y and z and to move on and to continue to mature the algorithm of be known right I don't know if that makes sense maybe it does sort of what we like the people that we work with the brands we work with and just to to enjoy it and also to teach people stuff along the way and to teach myself things and to continue to grow like i have to be on the forefront we have to be on the forefront of the way that the society is moving in this space and so we need to be educating we need to be like oh we just tried something new and let's and what did we learn from that we have team meetings every day where we talk about what should we look to do? What, what were learns that we've had from previous things? So I think it's just growing it out, bringing more people in to share the vision, growing more hair. That's another one. Continuing to enjoy the work and really to find meaning and, and find it and do it on my own and continue to make an impact. I think what you enjoy, what I enjoy most is really making an impact and also just I'm just a connector, right? Like, it's just like a lot of what I do, some of it's just connecting the dots and bridging relationships and bridging gaps. And over time, I'm just learning. I can just do more of that in ways that, you know, I didn't even think about could be a business opportunity. So, and, and I think some of that is just lifestyle. Some of it's just like, oh, you should do this. You, you two should meet and like, see where that goes. Like that drives me more than anything. And so you know, that's sort of where it's at. And, and it's just, uh, it's a fun ride. It's fun to have friends like you to sort of bounce ideas off of and just to learn and grow together. Ladies and gentlemen, now you can see why Mr. Brennan Kaminsky is such an immense, awesome human. Man, I'm so proud of everything you're up to. It's really cool to see I met you in the middle of this journey when you just kind of went out on your own and even over the last few months, how your agency has evolved and how you know exactly where you're at. And like you said, you have a vision for where you want this thing to go. 
and I wish it for you, man. And I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of what you had to offer here today. It's wisdom, experience. And what the show is about is giving people a framework for how to create an opportunity for themselves. And even without a blueprint in an ever-evolving landscape, somehow, man, you're staying head and shoulders above everyone else and deal flowing, making moves just fine, man. Super proud of you. It's really cool. Thank you for coming on the show, man. Where can people Thank find you? Thank you, man. Thank you. That means a lot. What'd you say the last part? Where can people find you? Oh, where can people find me? Yeah, thank you. Instagram, B Kaminsky, B-K-A-M-I-N-S-K-Y. Same with Twitter. Email, just Brendan at BeKnownAgency.com, B-K-N-O-W-N. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, like it's like doing these things, you know, if one person sends a note or email and it leads to one person being inspired, that's that's enough for me. So those are the main places to find me. Awesome, man. Such a pleasure having you on the show. I'll be in Miami in the next few weeks. If not, we don't connect there. Hopefully when you're back in New York, we'll link up and make it happen. Man. Sounds good, man. Hit your boy up. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Inside the Inspired. As the podcast grows, so does our audience. I wanted to take a moment to thank each one of you. Whether it's your first time joining us or been here since day one, I can't tell you how much it means to me to have you listen in on these conversations. Each of the guests on this show inspires me in ways I can't fully express, so I bring them on to share their story, learn from them, and share those lessons with you. At the end of each episode, I try to focus on one lesson I got out of the conversation. In this one, I got more insight into the concept of deal flow, how to generate a deal, understanding how to identify an opportunity, knowing when to push versus pull back, finding common ground, developing a relationship, and seeing things through, in my view, is critical towards leveling up onto wherever your next tier may be. For any topics you'd like me to cover on the show, find me on Instagram, at Inside the Inspired. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Well, that's all for this one. So until next time, stay safe, stay strong, stay mindful.